Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together with me, Brian O'Sullivan. This is the Creative Conversations podcast, and this week I'm having a wee creative conversation with my own head. Because, well, many reasons really. The main one being that I'm so busy that I don't really have time to sit down with anyone else right now, um, and I didn't have anything in the bank from before. So I thought, well, the best way to do this is to reflect a wee bit on what's been happening. And I get nice feedback when I do solo episodes. It used to make me nervous, um, and I still there's still a bit of me that goes, do people want to hear this, and blah, blah, blah. All the self-doubt rubbish, but we'll ignore that, um, because like I've said many times, it's it, I find it a good way to process what's going on, and to sort of also express gratitude, I think, for what's happening, um, and to to put it all in perspective. That's what I find really useful. Now, I will preface it all by saying I'm in my digs, which is um, the house of the amazing Crawford Logan in Stirling, and Fenway's here, I'm in the bedroom, and he's playing with a ball, and there's maybe going to be noise, um, but we're just going to work. We're going to work with it, because this is the way it's going to be. So, we're in... uh, Rehearsal for Ma Goose at the McRobert Arts Centre in Stirling, and this is week two. Day day two has just finished of week two, so I suppose that's our seventh day of rehearsal. Um, it's hard to believe it's only been seven days actually, because we have covered a lot of ground. Um, do you know what? To be honest with you, Panto moves at the pace that sometimes I wish other things would move at. I don't wish that we had limited rehearsal time for things, but there's something about knowing the tropes, knowing what we're trying to achieve, kind of all already pulling in the same direction before we even get in the room, so that we just, there's just no time wasted, there's no, there's no fat needing trimmed off the script, it's just, we just go, and I really like that. Um, It can be a great joy to sit around a table and, and to find a play inside the script, you know, to chisel away at the, at the block of marble until you find the David, but in the case of a good panto, it just feels like we're here, we've got the script, let's do this, and we just do it, and there's no time to mess about. Having said that, it is, without a doubt, one of the funniest rooms I've ever been in. We've only done seven days, we've covered pff, 60 pages of, of blocking, and about 10 songs and dance numbers, and we're still managing to fall about laughing, and, you know, lose it at every turn, and we're packing jokes in. Um, you know, you think to yourself, do we really need another joke here? Yeah, if there's room for one, we're having it, we're having it. As long as it's not at the expense of the story, then we're having it. Why not? Why not? And people are there to enjoy themselves. They want a laugh. We are going to give them a laugh. Um, I, I, I'm doing a an interview, or I did an interview with some students from Stirling Uni who are doing a, a project called A Day in the Life, and they've chosen the Panto Dame as their subject. So we did an interview uh, the other day, and then they're going to film other bits and bobs and put together this piece. Anyway, it did get me to reflect on, you know, the whole nature of it. Um, And I was able to remember that it's been nine years, first of all, since I did a dame role. Um, And that, you know, even then it was was one that I'd written myself, which is a different beast. Um, And it was with mates and it was... You know, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a real contract. I was directing as well. My head was in all many different hats. 
this is a totally different kettle of fish and yeah it's it, although it's been a while it it has just kind of sunk back in it's sort of but like i was saying to them it's janice is kind of already almost a, a dame or she's got shades of that she's also got shades of me you know and i've got shades of dame and i've got so there's a kind of a there's this strange tri-cornered approach or three-pronged approach i don't know um where it's all three of us in there and it just emerges it's not um it's not like something i've noticed that i've had to find really i've I just started talking and a sort of a bigger version of janice this character that i've created for for tiktok and stuff just emerged and that is a dame and perhaps unsurprisingly that character that dame is not really that different from the dame i did when i last did it nine years ago which makes me think well in a sense janice was always in there even then so it's it's interesting to watch that come out um and to be in a room where you can just every time i think of something that would make it funnier i'd say it out loud and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but you know it's worth a try and in many rooms when you're working with something that's that's not as flexible um or your role perhaps in in a bigger play you know doesn't allow for making these suggestions you might have loads of ideas about how you could improve it but it's not your place um or no one in the cast is given suggestions about how to improve it or it's already completed as, as a script and no one's looking for any improvements despite what you might think um with panto it's just the opposite it's if you've got an idea and you think you can make this funnier then let's have it um so that's what i've been doing that's what everyone's been doing and it's been it's, i find that so fun um i guess it's it's maybe akin to being in a writer's room for a sitcom or something um i don't know if you can hear the, the ball being chewed it's being chewed to bits now um oh for goodness sake Fenway. oh forget it um yeah it's just it's just an amazingly creative experience and the thing is we know that if we don't make the suggestions and we and we go with what we've got already it's going to be great that's the that's the cool thing so there's not a it's not like there's a pressure to come up with stuff it's just if you have something you fling it in um so i suppose it's different from a writer's room in that sense because in the writer's room you know someone needs to come up with something there is there is a point where someone has to come up with something we already have material and it's excellent it's johnny mcknight material um but if we feel that we can improve it then it's open and we can what a brilliant thing i mean there's there's really no gig like it um so yeah it's comedically speaking it's tremendous um it is stressful um because there is so little time and also i mean i don't know about anybody else in the room or how other people work in other rooms but for me i'm a bit of a clock watcher in rooms if i'm not completely constantly on the go i'm usually aware of when it's nearly lunchtime or wondering when tea break might be or something i admit that in this room i haven't thought about it once i just haven't had time and that's great because the days just fly by but in another sense we were off on saturday and sunday and i was disappointed not just because i wanted to be around and have fun it's fenway it's okay what's wrong with you but because i wanted to work more because i feel like i've got so much work that needs doing <laughs> so it's strange it's a strange place to be I, I do want to do more hours because i know i need it 
Um, but I don't want to do any more hours because I'm totally exhausted. Uh, just falling asleep really early at night and then up early with the dog and stuff like that. Anyway, it's um, there's no job like it. I've said it. Um, and I wonder how, how you're all getting on. Many of you will be doing the same thing. You'll be in pantos all over the shop. You might be touring. You might be in a, a beautiful, prestigious venue. You might be in a tiny venue that isn't a theatre normally. Um, or you might not be doing a panto at all. And that's me assuming that you're in the industry. You might just be listening, thinking, hmm, how interesting. Or thinking, I wish you'd hurry up and get to the next bit. But if you're in the business and you're not doing panto, then take a moment, I think, because I usually do, to to appreciate the fact that I've got some time um, and I'm going to get a chance to see other people's shows. That's what I think when I'm, when I'm not doing a, sh- a Christmas show. I think, oh, excellent. Okay, I'm sad I'm not doing a Christmas show. I'm sad. Um... But excellent, because I get to go and see my pals. And, I mean, we've got a wealth, don't we, in Scotland, of Christmas shows. And there is a kind of a thing of, you know, people texting each other. Are you are you in tech? What, what time do you start? When do you start? Um, so I'm sort of sort of aware of the, the lay of the land with everybody else to see where everybody's at. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We sort of compare notes. I mean, saying that, it's not like we have a lot of time for chatting, but... You do get the occasional message from someone. Oh, we're we're nearly there with tech, or you know, we're just starting today, and you, you sort of you have a sense of what's going on across the land. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it, it's a time of year when you really do feel like there's a very strong community. Um, because when else do you have people doing people who are all working doing similar types of productions in this way? This doesn't really happen in our business. Um, you know, maybe maybe a hundred years ago or, or slightly less, there might be most people who are working in a certain circuit might be doing some sort of variety type show. Um, this is just a bit of a guess. I suppose like vaudeville or a music hall. Maybe maybe there would be a similar comparison where people say, you know, what what one are you on or what what stop on the tour circuit are you on? And, and everyone's got, you know, comparable kind of experiences through the week. I don't know. I wonder, would, would I like to have been around then? I don't know. I don't know. I think we're, in uh, many ways, we're quite cosy now um, with our experience. Do you know, just with modern living, um, I mean, I know it's complete bin fire out there, but also the conveniences we have are, are amazing. Imagine going back a hundred years and trying to work in theatre, but with, you know, with the constraints of the time. I don't know. Gas, gas lamps and what else? <laughs> no central heating. I don't know. What am I talking about? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'd love to, I'd love to experience it for a day, wouldn't you? See what that's actually like. Because all we have really is, is kind of glamorised accounts for the most part, because we have... Not not really many novels, but we have movies of, you know, what life was like back in the old days, the golden age of Broadway and all that stuff. Uh, be cool to see what, what the reality was like. I was reading recently uh, Down and Out in Paris and London by George Orwell. Now, I'm not... I couldn't recall exactly when that's set. It's sometime kind of early to mid-20th uh, century, right? I can't remember exactly, but it does give a really harrowing sort of account of 
slum living and, and being down and out. And I wonder, I don't know, because you hear, don't you, that it, it was a pretty meagre existence being an actor or a musician back then. I wonder how close it would would be to, to the down and out in Paris and London vibe. And then, wouldn't it be nice to have a book down and out uh, in the West End of London? <laughs> A book that told us a wee bit about that life specifically. Maybe there is a book, and if there is and I'm missing it, please tell me about it. Now, that seems like a good juncture for me to remind you how you can tell me about stuff. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do it by following me on social media. It's PitCCPod on Instagram and Twitter. You just search Putting It Together on Facebook. Uh, you can email brian at puttingittogethercast.com and if you'd like to support the show financially you just go to that website puttingittogethercast.com and click on the donate button. Some people are doing regular monthly donations, some people have done one-off donations, small or large and they're all appreciated and big thanks again to the people who've donated recently because we've had a couple of really lovely ones recently and a couple of people who, well, a few people who uh, donate regularly and have done for a number of years, which is just beautiful. Um, and I'm able to pay myself a wee bit for my time and pay Cole a wee bit for his time. And of course, I wish it was more. Um, but I'm so appreciative of everyone that's donated so far. So remember, you can do that by going to puttingittogethercast.com and clicking on Donate. So how does it look for us going forward? Well, this is day two of week two as I said we have the rest of this week in the rehearsal room and then we kind of I would say on Monday we pretty much move over to the theatre I can't remember the exact schedule but um it's ostensibly a tech next week um so yeah I mean there's, there's a getting happening right now there's a set going in right now and we've not seen any of it of course we've seen the design and the model box which is just one of my favorite bits of the first day um so yeah we do Let's see, tomorrow, all day, just the, the adult company, which is eight of us. Um, and I would suspect and hope that we block most of the remainder of Act 2. Thursday morning, same again. Thursday afternoon, we have one of the teams of young people in. Um, there's 14 of them in each team. And they'll come in and they'll run through with us all the bits in Act 2 that they're in. So I suppose the conceit is that by then we've been through the whole of Act 2 so we're ready then to go back and consolidate the bits that involve the young company. And then on Friday morning we do more of more of the same and Friday afternoon the other team of young people come in and do that Act 2 consolidation thing. Saturday, full run of the show with both teams, so one at a time. And on the Saturday afternoon I get to get the frock on and go and put on, uh, switch on the Christmas lights in the centre of Stirling. Meanwhile, the amazing Kieran McIntosh steps in for me. He covers all the male tracks in the show and dances and sings in the show at the same time. Not at the same time, <laughs> but he's learning them all at the same time, which is just baffling. Um, so we, we're kind of getting a run each on Saturday, which is which is probably um, a bit of a bonus uh, for him. I know that if I was doing a cover track, which I've done, uh, I'd, I'd appreciate, I'd be terrified, but I'd appreciate a go at the end of the second week. Of, of one of the main tracks for sure because um, you don't often get that luxury of actually running through it um, so there you go, uh, that's kind of the rest of this week and then on Monday will probably be our first time on the stage, starting with mics and looking at spacing and no matter how much you mark up the floor, the spacing always feels completely different 
when you get into the space because you're looking out at a completely different thing. We've been rehearsing with mirrors in front of us. There's a mirrored wall that we're looking at the whole time, which let me tell you, it's helpful for dancing, but it's not pleasant. Oh, goodness sake, I'm sick looking at my face. So I'll be glad to get shot of them. Um, and then at least I won't know how weird I look when I'm dancing. I'll just I'll just get on with it. <laughs> so so Monday is our first day in the theatre, and then it just then it just kicks off because by the end of the week we're doing dress rehearsals, and then the following week we open or we preview at least, um, and then opens very shortly after that. So it's it's quick. It's really two weeks of rehearsal and a week of tech, um, which is. A week more than many people get, to be fair. Some of the commercial pantos do one week of rehearsal. Our um, choreographer, Chris Bosch, is going leaving us soon to go down south to do a commercial panto. And he was telling us they get seven days in the room and they do ten till ten on all of those seven days. And then they go straight into tech. And I, just, I just think that's unforgiving, isn't it? It's pretty punishing to ask people to do that. Um, but this is the way they get by, I suppose. Because they can't afford to pay everyone for two weeks. So they pay people for a week and work them like mad. I don't know. I don't know. I suppose there's a bigger conversation to be had, isn't there? About how these things are done sustainably and, you know, still looking out for the needs of, of the people doing the work. Um, it's, it's certainly not a sustainable model for the year round. I suppose the kind of saving grace or the excuse, maybe, is, well, it's only once a year and it's specific to panto but I think my worry is that if we set a precedent like that which says you know shows that we are able to pull stuff out the bag that quickly uh, you know then people think oh we'll just do it that quickly all the time that always kind of worries me um, although I mean it's fairly well known isn't it that panto is different and like I said at the beginning it's um, it's tried and tested tropes and often tried and tested gags um, and routines so I suppose in that sense, you know, there is a there is a call for a short rehearsal time. You can over-rehearse these things for sure, which is a joke I always kind of make because people say it sometimes when it's unwarranted. Let's just stop there, we'll have a cup of tea because you can over-rehearse. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I think because I've done things where I've, I've pulled stuff, you know, out of the bag at the very last minute and people say, oh, look, you did it. And well, that's nice to hear what it really means well to, what it means to me is yeah i did it because what I'm, what's the other option the other option is going on stage looking like an empty and i'm not willing to do that so i'll do whatever it takes to make it workable you know and that's i'm saving my own face really um and the trouble with that is people get used to it they say oh they, they pulled that out of the bag in six days <laughs> we'll get we'll get them to do it next time in six days um I mean, this is an imaginary argument I'm having, but what I'm talking about is, is you know, some ongoing conversations that we've been having in the theatre for a long time. But it is different. It is different when it comes to panto. So we're all kind of clubbed together, and you do sort of just give up the idea that you have a life otherwise. That's part of the joy of it. I don't know if that's true for everybody. For for me, that's one of the... the, the what's the word? Um... <laughs> I can't even think of the word. What's the opposite of a drawback? Plus point. That's one of the positives uh, of doing this job for me is you're going to do it, but you're just going to be completely wrapped up in it and think about pretty much nothing else. That is great. I love that. 
partly because I don't have time then to overthink everything else in my life. And go, what if this, what did I say? And believe me, I still find some time. Um, but it's usually only related to the show because that's all I do. Those are the only people I see. So it narrows my field of potential worry, which is nice. Um, and it just means I don't have to, I'm not having to sort of deal with quote unquote real life for a wee while. You just go into the bubble, you jump in, you enjoy, and you focus on this job, and then you do it, and then when it's over, there you go. You go back to whatever you did before. Maybe that's not how everyone does it, and I think some people I've heard say, you know, that that's what they don't like about it. Um, but for me, that just adds what's not to love, you know? Jump into the bubble. Absolutely live in the bubble. I find the same with Irish dance comps if I do you know, a few in a row if I'm doing a trip abroad and playing, um, it's just bubble and don't come out of it. There's no point. Just climb on in and enjoy. Um, I feel like I'm rambling a bit. I'm, I'm really tired. I don't think I'm going to stay on talking to you for, for too long uh, tonight. Um, but i tell you what I am going to do. i tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to split this episode up. I'm going to wrap up my chat for now on today. And I'm going to come back to you tomorrow, after we've had a day tomorrow, and uh, things have developed. <clears throat> My throat's actually starting to dry up. So yeah, let's do that. Let's make this part one. Um, of course, you'll get both parts. Uh, won't write one after the other, because part two is coming right up after this. Um, but yeah, let me do part two in just a moment, or in 24 hours if you're counting. Um, and... I'll let you know what happens in the next wee bit of rehearsal. So, until then, cheerio for now. Well, here we are, back again. Day two, part two of uh, episode 288. And... uh, for you, it feels like it's been a few seconds, and for me, it's been 24 hours. But here we are, and uh, I was just thinking that I started this podcast when I was rehearsing a Christmas show in 2017, and it, I was literally just putting the headphones on, and I was thinking, "Wow, here we are, five years later, and I'm still, I'm still doing the podcast. It's the most consistent thing I've had in my life. Certainly, in terms of work, it's the most consistent thing. Um, the longest job I've ever had." by a long shot, um, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not usually great at doing things for long stretches, um, or keeping, keeping going with something, I'm not a great project finisher, I'm a good starter, I've got an idea, and then I'm all guns blazing, and then, hmm, it dwindles, uh, aye, so, it's been a good day today, it's been a long day, one of those days where you're trying to think think your way out of sort of issues that come up and lots of voices in the room everyone's got an opinion and we're short on time and you know stuff stuff needs tightening usually that's what it is stuff needs tightened up we have the the great benefit working on panto in being able to tighten things quicker because we the plot is how do i put it it's it's certainly less complex than most plays, um, and even if it's not, 
we are able, first of all, we can speak out to the audience, we can acknowledge the plot points, we can do exposition in fun and inventive ways, we can let the audience know stuff they need to know. Um, and what's up, Fenway? It's all right. So the dogs are downstairs and the other dogs of this house and Fenway's here and he probably wants to go and say hello. Just a second, all right? You chill. He's lying here next to me. Good boy. Yeah, and if you if you need to get somewhere quickly in terms of plot or get something out quickly, wrap something up quickly, it's it's easy done. And I think what we're seeing now is we're at that crucial point where we've pieced the whole show together, and now we start to see ah, there's a bit there's a bit too much of that. There's not quite enough of that, and we you know we see the balance. And we had one of those afternoons. Well, we we finished blocking through Act Two, which is great, and then we sat down and well, we did a run of the whole of Act Two, which was punishing and. It's hard because you know at this point we're not getting we're we're not even we're not getting as many laughs from each other uh, simply because we've heard the material a few times and and we're all focused on when am I next on rather than watching a scene and giving laughs you know um, so that's hard uh, because you know the stuff that was new to the people in the room that made them fall about laughing isn't new anymore and we just have to plow on so it was a hard it was hard to run through act 2 today and and you feel like well i felt like um oh, i'm not good enough and this is really messy and i'm not funny enough and all and i don't know if i mentioned this but we're doing everything to perform into a wall of mirrors and i just that does not give me any help whatsoever <laughs> it helps maybe with the dancing cuz at least i can see you know what needs work i.e. all of it um but with comedy stuff and especially dame it's not helping me because all it's serving to do is remind me of how ungainly i look and how much like a big lanky man i look um so yeah i don't know that's hard but anyway we ran the second act and then we sat down and we sort of talked through some notes and then we started giving our suggestions and you could go on all day tightening shortening you know making more of a beat of this etc etc and there's only so much you can do in the time given but you want to make the story as clear as possible you want the audience to have the best time they can and you want you know their the journey that they take through this story to make sense and be fulfilling and rewarding and you can't shortchange them and you hear people say things like it's just panto whatever and in fact no as i've mentioned this is some people's only visit to the theatre in a year or more um, and, and for many people it will be their first particularly kids um, could be their first visit to the theatre ever so let's not give them something that's lazy in any way let's give them the absolute best while still appealing to people of all ages making them laugh maybe shed a wee tear enjoy the song you know, all those things um, it's certainly not an excuse to shortchange anybody, far from it so yeah you could go on forever changing stuff and, and fine tuning and we've got basically two weeks so this afternoon was challenging because it was kind of like we could lay out a million things that need work but actually what we need to do is focus and go right, how do we get the cleanest, most rewarding um, and truest version of this story and deliver it with you know, with a hundred percent of everything, and get to the end and have everyone still be awake and loving their life, and many other factors. But yeah, 
that's what we did. And it, it means that I've gone away with a, a tired body and a tired mind, but a mind that's still so awake. Um, and I, I want, really, I want another couple of hours with everybody to sit and figure stuff out, but we need to rest. Um, and I needed to come and talk to you. So, yes, it's... Um, it's been a day, you know, ups and downs. Fenway's been very good today, really good, and we had a great time. He's had a lovely time, he's met lots of people and had a marvellous day, so that's good. And then, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but tomorrow we're going to work with the Young Company again, and we're going to go through their sections of Act 2, um, and on Friday we'll do the same, but with the alternate team of Young Company members, so... Um, more Act 2 consolidation, which is great, but tonight, tonight, I really need to look at the script for Act 2 and learn some lines. Um, that's a priority. And I'm hoping that the, the, the lovely Christine who I'm staying with is going to maybe help me with that. I'm, I don't know if you feel this, but I'm not very good at learning lines on my own. If I run them a few times with someone else and then hammer home the ones that aren't sticking in, you know, I'm not looking at the script, I can't cheat. If I learn them on my own, I'm not very good at policing myself, so I'll look, you know, like, oh, it's that, oh, fine. <laughs> so, I'm the, I'm that annoying person who's always phoning a pal or something, do you mind FaceTiming with me, will you help me run these lines? Sally Reed was an absolute hero the other night and spent, I don't know, two or three hours on Zoom with me on a Saturday night learning lines, which was very good, very good. And that's, uh, that's what I need to be doing tonight, yeah. So, how are you? What's happening? Think about that for a second. Yeah, what what is happening? Are you alright? Are you looking after yourself? Cause I, you know, I could probably do better. Um, it's this thing of... I, I give in to the instant needs um, really easily when I'm this tired and I'm working this hard. So I go, oh, I'm hungry. Salt, sugar, fat. Now. <laughs> you know, um... Oh, I'm tired. Caffeine, sugar. And I just have to watch. I have to... I mean, for me, it's not realistic to say don't do any of that. So that would be an unrealistic goal for me. Um, so what I do is I add to it. I don't subtract. Uh, so I add water. Loads and loads of water and fruit. Supplements. Um, and I try and move myself, get outside as often as possible, which... Luckily for me, I have a lovely dog, Fenway, and I have to be outside at least a couple of hours a day, which is great. Um, but yeah, I, for me, having some sort of rule of you're not allowed this and you're not allowed that, it just doesn't it doesn't work for me. Um, it makes me miserable because it's just denial because I still want the things. So it's a case of, right, okay, if you're going to do that, then we mitigate for it. Um, we drink loads of water. And we eat fruit and, as I say, we walk. And I could certainly do more of that stuff. I'm not counteracting enough. But I'm also on my feet working a lot in the rehearsal room. Um, it's a lot, by the way. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> the Dane bit is a lot. Um, but it's great. It's great. It's great to be able to um, to let your comedy mind go wherever. And then, you know, if you've a... If you've a thought or an idea, you just you just let it out. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And if someone's got a better idea, then let's hear it. Um, and like I say, the material's already good enough. So there's that too. You've got that to fall back on. The actual original script is great too. Um, 
So I, it's it's a pretty magical thing, um, and people have been asking me what what type of dame are you going to be, and I think it's hard to answer. And I have spoken some about how you know Janice and Mogus and me, we sort of meet somewhere in the middle, or the shades of one in the other, and so on. But also, the dame thing is such a massive spectrum. Uh, in this, if we look back, even, you know, we can go back as far as, well, I can't go back far enough because I don't have the knowledge, but I can tell you about Stanley Baxter, who was a very glamorous dame, high glam and very femme. And then a dame like, well, Ricky Fulton, actually, very masculine and very kind of um, brash. You know, from footage that I've seen, I never was lucky enough to see Fulton do a dame live. Um, but yeah, I just, there's a lot, there's a, there's a huge spectrum of, and there's a lot of choice in that. And it's it's more wonderful than ever now because it lets people express their gender journey, uh, you know, through the performance. And it's less and less about pretending to be a different gender and it's more about letting loose with all your gender expressions whatever they may be at whatever time um that's what's really exciting to me of course i didn't understand that when i the first time i played dame i was about 15 um and i loved it of course i loved it um but i had no idea i could i couldn't tell you why i loved it really apart from like oh it's funny and i dress up and it's daft but when I look back, um, I was working quite hard to be as masculine as I could at school because I was being told from, from every corner really, every side, that I wasn't masculine enough and that was bad. Um, and neither of those things is true um, because there isn't such a thing as masculine enough and uh, no gender or gender performance is intrinsically bad of course it's not but I didn't know that I thought I wasn't boyish enough and um that the biggest crime in the world was to be gay because that was uh, an insult that word was used as an insult so it's a confusing journey for youngsters probably less I hope and I believe less now because we as a society are so much more aware of all the possibilities in that realm and of how none of them is right or wrong. They just are. Um, at least I hope we're aware. I certainly, you know, I am. Um, but yeah, we didn't know what we didn't know or I didn't know and, and you, you're taught by what's around you. So I thought I was in the wrong. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just had to work harder to... to make it appear less that I was in the wrong or you know to get better um so to to round that up when I when I did dame I had no idea that the expression of that feminine energy was in fact a huge release for me because I was allowed to strut about and enjoy the performance of a feminine energy and it was within a confine and a boundary that was understood and accepted and it almost didn't count it wasn't real life of course um 
but it was understood that this was, I was playing a character and the character was a woman and at the end of that, you know, the dress comes off, the makeup comes off and I go back to being a boy and I must be as masculine a boy as I possibly can be because those are the rules. Um, but what an exciting world we now live in where we can understand that actually what that is is play and it's play with what's already there and it's it's heightening or turning up or down different facets that we already have. What an amazing thing. Um, and whilst I don't think about those things when I'm doing it, I just say the lines and just let it be, um, I do very much think, well, this is not not me. It's not, um, I'm not putting myself away in the cupboard to do this thing. Um, I'm just tapping into a slightly different side of me or a side of me that probably gets performed a bit less in day-to-day life. Um, That's magic. That's magic. And I'm so thankful, A, that I get to do it, B, that I'm old enough and had enough of a life experience to be okay with it. Um, And I'm sure there are people much younger than me who are much better experienced at all these things um, and have had, you know, vastly different gender journeys to me and perhaps, hopefully, had more acceptance uh, around them in school and in all other areas of their life. I hope so. I hope so. just wasn't my experience. But yeah, it's magic. It feels like a, um, feels like a real treat to be allowed to do that. Just, just a gift, you know. So that's, I mean, that's a lot of theory, isn't it? In practical terms, it's just physically demanding. And in the mirror, it does not look the way that I think it feels in my head yet. I think that's the thing. It's like matching up. The, the process of this rehearsal is in some sense matching up what I see in my mind. Um, with what actually reads on the outside. So I'm trying to create what's in my head and show it to people the way I see it um, in the performance. And when you look in that mirror, it's so punishing because it's it reminds me constantly that it's not there yet. Um, but I have to say, you know, I do somewhat rely on many other aspects of the production for a lot of that. Like when I'm in costume, that'll do me a lot of favours, right? When I'm lit and on the beautiful set and everything else. Um, which is why it's hard, the mirror's really hard. Again, because it's kind of like, well, you're making me look at myself in a pair of joggies doing the best I can to be Mogoose. When we know that on the day, we are going to employ every theatrical device we have uh, to make this the most rounded picture we possibly can. Um so, and I know n- nobody's nobody's put the mirror there to upset me, or has forced me to look in it. But you know, it's right there, and it's just—it's not really something I'm used to. I suppose for dancers and things, that's really common. Um, but I don't, you know, any rehearsal room I've ever been in that's had a mirror. Very soon, usually in the first day, someone suggests that we close the curtains or we face away from it, and that's that. That's the end of it, and it's never spoken of again. <laughs> nobody's interested in the mirror, so. It's weird, um, but I don't want to. I don't want to keep banging on about it. We are getting to that point very soon, where those other elements of the production are going to come into play, and it's really exciting. But it's daunting because I've done enough of these types of things now to remember that when you first 
try and do everything that you've been doing at the level you've been doing it at, but add in heels, costume, set, lights, props, it makes it much more difficult and it slows you down again. So you go back to kind of a learning, learning to move again phase. And it's, yeah. I used to forget about it until I got to the next tech and then I would go, oh yeah, that's right. It feels, you feel like you're in this this strange world when you're up in the light and you're looking into the darkness and, and you're in the new costume and this new skin. Um, but it's happened enough times now that I remember in advance of going into this tech, I go, oh, that's right, that's going to happen. I'm going to put the, the costume on and I'm going to go, oh, wow, this is weird, this feels weird. And I'm going to step into the light and go, oh, this is odd. You know, this is not like the rehearsal room. So at least I know it's coming, which is good, which is good. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make it any less challenging. That's coming soon. So yeah, I've, I've already told you how the rest of the week pans out. And next week... Um, is just right, right in on the stage. Yeah, I think Fenway's going to have a better time of it when we, once we're on stage, because actually we'll be to and froing a bit more. At the moment, we're kind of all in the rehearsal room for a chunk, and then we have a break, and then we're all back. Whereas I think there'll be a bit more kind of some people will be off. There'll be somebody that's off and in the dressing room throughout most of the tech. I would imagine between one person and another. Uh, so hopefully, then Fenway will have company which is nice um but the other people sort of on the fringes of the production like staff and marketing people and stuff are starting to realize that he's around and they're popping up to see him which is great because i of course you know this if you've got a dog the guilt of leaving the dog is just immense um but it's necessary you have you know they have to sometimes just be on their own for a bit and you want to minimize that time etc etc but there you go He's got more and more, he's got an increasing list of pals at the McBob, which is cool, it's very cool. And that's what I wanted, I wanted to get a new dog and for him to be able to be a wee companion for me and come with me places um, and make the day a bit brighter. And he's definitely doing that. So I'm going to go now, I'm going to go and start learning some lines while there's still a wee bit of the evening left here. Um, but before I go, I'm going to tell you about what's on at A Play, A Pie and A Pint this week. It's Babs by Morna Young and it stars Bethany Tenick and is directed by Beth Morton. And this is a, as a well, obviously a one-person play. Uh, young Queen Lisa has been dumped by her best mate for a new man and she's raging. That's their annual holiday to Ibiza out the window, summer alone in Aberdeen. That's until Lisa's fortunes change and she finds herself at a forest sanctuary run by eccentric oracle Babs. But our house on chicken legs isn't quite the destination Lisa expected. So, uh, sounds it sounds fab, and uh, the amazing Bethany Tenick has written music for it as well and performs all you know single-handedly, of course. So yes, that is on now until the end of the week, every day until Saturday at one p.m. And your ticket price, of course, includes a drink in a pie of your choice. So get down to play a pie in a pint or more and see that. And remember, if you want to support the show puttingittogethercast.com, click on donate and please do give if you can. And if you can't, well, just keep listening because we need your ears more than we need your money. And thanks very much for your support over the years and today in particular. So I think that's about all from me. Um, I'd like to thank you for listening to me and if I repeated myself between the two segments of this show, uh, please do forgive me. My head is kind of mince, but it has been good to sit down and talk about some of this stuff and um and find some meaning in it because i think often 
we're so busy doing the thing that we miss maybe um, some of the significance of it in the wider context and for me the wider context of of panto of drag of gender is all really important and fascinating and it's the stuff that I'm not getting a chance to engage my brain with in a day-to-day basis because I'm you know just learning moves and saying lines so sitting down here has been cool because it's it's allowed me to reflect on that stuff and go oh yeah that's right I'm thinking about that too and that's important too uh, the why, I suppose, not just the, the how, um, the what, not just the what and the how, if you like. I don't know. Anyway, enough words. Thanks very much for listening, um, and keep coming back and listening to the episodes. There's 280 odds in the archive, and you're welcome to them anytime. And I hope you'll join me next week, same time, same place, uh, for a new guest and a new episode. And until then, take care of yourself. Cheerio now. <laughs>